Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. with you the tell it like it is radio show I always kind of have a tinge of nervousness every time i'm coming on live and a little bit of excitement and you know what i like doing this i like doing live radio 
And if you're listening, tuning in for the first time, you're in the Dickinson, North Dakota area, of course you know I'm coming to you live on the mighty KDIX 1230 AM radio station. This this radio station was on, I think, before the Revolutionary War. This is a they got great it's up, updated equipment, but this station's been here a while. And uh the late Lee Lease, this owner of the station, he's passed away. Um he helped me so much to get into radio, and then all the people. I, I just saw Rod in the studio here. He was just finishing up some stuff, and just all these people have been so good to work with over the years, and just appreciate them. You could be listening also on their website, kdix.net. You could be listening on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2, or later, after March 28th, 2021, you could hear this on a podcast in all kinds of different venues. We... Um, Somebody said they can't get my radio station yet. I think everybody else can. Somebody said they're trying to pull it up. Um, the uh, Hey, these are people that my wife and I met on a cruise ship years ago. They live in California. They're trying to get the radio station. I can't text them back right now, but they're trying to do it. We've got, let's see, we've got a whole bunch of people listening already. Uh, they're texting me tonight. You can do that, 701-290-7862. I have that. That uh, technology sitting right here looking at it right now. We've got, let's see, we've got some people texting me tonight. We've got Brother Griffith. He he won the award for the earliest text listening from, he's a minister that listens from Great Falls, Montana. His pastor, uh, Brother Erpelding, is the pastor out there. What What a great man of God he is and a friend of mine. We've got Nathaniel listening in Park River, North Dakota, 12 year old young man that listens faithfully. Glad to have you on. We've got um, Yvonne and Marin listening in Bowman, North Dakota. Carl and Jeannie out in Michigan. We've got the Gingriches, Phil, Lisa, Eli, Theo, and Gabriel listening in Yuma, Arizona, waiting patiently to get started on that wall again. Sounds like they need to get started on it, the way it sounds to me. We've got brother and sister, pastor and sister Schuler listening in, in Grafton, North Dakota. Mike Woods, Pastor Mike Woods, listening from the Wendy's drive-thru. Is that in Jamestown that you're listening? Wendy's drive-thru? What are you doing at the Wendy's drive-thru? Getting some kind of healthy food there. We've got uh, Doug Fuller listening, and he just said more truth. So we're going to try to accommodate him tonight. We've got um, Casey and Jackson listening in Southheart. Uh, Brother Johnson listening in Apache Junction, Arizona. Tonight we've got... uh, Robin and Rod and uh, Sharon listening in California tonight. I'm coming to California, you guys. Uh, my wife and I are going to be doing a marriage retreat up in, in the San Jose area. Um, we're flying out to California Tuesday and flying home Saturday. We want to be here for our Easter service this Sunday, so which is going to be a great service. Um, I'll say more about that in a little bit. But we are coming they they live way far away in California, so hopefully they, the governor of California lets me back out once I get back in there. Uh, they they have some crazy rules there. Uh, we've got um, some stoners listening tonight, and uh, we've got Tim in North Carolina. We've got let's see who we've got here. Um, our stoners are listening from Sauk Center, Minnesota. What are you guys doing out there? Must be traveling home or traveling to somewhere. Anyway, so far so good. That's what I've got. We've got um, Stacy listening from Minot. Sister Stacy, good to have her. And uh, so we've just got a lot of people listening tonight. We're glad to have you. You can be part of the program, 
7862, or you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. So occasionally we have people listening from outside the country, and they can't text me, so they'll email me. I've got a friend in the Philippines that tunes in once in a while, and he's a good friend of mine. I don't know if he's listening. It's kind of weird hours for him to be listening. As I said, as I think I said, I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. Our next service is Wednesday night at 730, but we also have some uh, daughter churches all around and, and other churches. We have a church in Beach, which right now is currently having a Tuesday night service, 730 at the Beach Community Center. Um, Thursday night in Bowman, down on 18 Main Street, Bowman, that's a, a storefront church. Uh, set up really nice as a church. Great young couple there that are pastoring that. They they meet 7.30 Thursday night. In fact, two of the parishioners from that church are listening tonight. Glad to have them. Bowman's about uh, 78 miles to the southwest of North Dakota. They also have a Sunday service at 10.30 on Sundays, so we'd want you to go to that and be there too. Uh, we uh, the beach Our beach church is 60 miles to the west. We also have a church in Beulah, North Dakota, and that's about 70 miles to the northeast of here. And so there's uh, Pentecostal churches all around. Of course, we have a great church in Williston. Uh, we have a church in Newtown. We have a church in Bismarck. So right around this area, of course, Minot, you know, all of western North Dakota, we want more churches. We're planning on starting more churches. Uh, that's our goal. Many churches are closing up in the United States of America. I don't know if you're aware of that. I want to tell all the Pentecostal pastors that are listening, if you need a bigger building, just hang in there because um, I believe that there are many churches going to be coming up for sale. The Pentecostal movement is growing, and many of the other churches are dying, and there's a reason for that, and maybe I'll get into some of that tonight too. Kind of a hard-hitting broadcast tonight. It's not going to be for the faint of heart in some ways. I'm not going to try to just try to be edgy, but I'm going to just try to be factual and tell you kind of the way I see it, and, and um, I'm, my topic tonight is this. What should we preach to those that are lost? That's the question. What, what to preach to those who are lost? What to promote? What to communicate? Uh, if you're brand new to Christianity, you don't know what preaching is, what, what should people like me, Pastor Bob with the Tell It Like It Is show, communicate to those that are lost. And it's not what you think it is. It's not what uh, a lot of people think it is. A lot of churches preach to the lost, God loves you the way you are, and you don't have to change. Don't worry. He'll accept you the way you are. That's what they preach. Um, Some people preach, uh, you know, just, Come as you are, you don't need to change, um, so on. I was visiting a fellow out at the state penitentiary one time, and somebody had told me he had gotten saved. So I went to see him, and I asked him. Finally, he he didn't bring it up. You know, I was going to wait for him to bring it up. He didn't bring it up. So I said, I heard something big happen to you this week. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, well, what happened? He said, well, I was in this room. They had kind of a convention out here at the state penitentiary, kind of a Christian convention, and um, and they asked a question at the end of it, who wanted to go to heaven, and I raised my hand, and they came back and said, repeat this prayer after me, and I did, and then they told me, I'm going to heaven now, I'm saved. That's what some people think you should 
promote to those that are lost. I don't believe that. Yes, I do believe in the love of God. Uh, yes, I do believe that we should preach hope. But it, it's so much more than that. It really is. And tonight I want to turn your attention to Ezekiel chapter 33. And Ezekiel chapter 33 is the chapter where God calls upon Ezekiel to be the watchman on the wall. He, he tells Ezekiel that you need to, you need to uh, warn people of trouble that's coming. And he said in verses 7 and 8, Ezekiel 33 and 7, So thou, O son of man, he's talking to Ezekiel, the Lord is, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. And so to start off tonight, we, we read in Ezekiel 33 that what should the preacher preach to those that are lost? He better be careful that he preaches what God wants him to preach. And what God wants him to preach is not what most of the tele-evangelists or the other radio ministers are, I'm going to say, I don't even know if I want to say most of the Christian churches in the U.S. are not preaching what they need to preach. And I believe that God told Ezekiel, if you don't tell them what I'm telling you to tell them, not only will they be lost, but you're going to be in big trouble too. You see, the last thing Pastor Bob wants to do is be a chicken preacher. That's the, I mean, that is the very last thing I want to do. I, I don't want to be afraid to tell people that they're wrong. I don't want to be afraid to tell people that they're lost. You know, if you want to, if you you pastors out there want to be a chicken preacher, hey, Brother Vallejo's listening. How are your boys doing down there? You know, if you want to be a preacher that, that um, tries to make everybody happy, make everybody feel comfortable, um, make everybody you know, feel comfortable about the way they're living, even if it's wrong, you know, that's between you and God. But I'm not, I have no interest in that. I really don't. Because as we get into this program tonight, you know, we're going to talk about this, that there is something, and I haven't told you what it is yet, that, that we should preach to those that are lost. And... In just a moment, I will tell you what that is. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Well, you won't catch me preaching on the street. I'm too shy to talk to people when we meet. But then one day out on town square, a bunch of kids were gathered there, throwing beer cans at the law and shouting, Peace! 
not intend to interfere But someone started screaming in my ear So I laid both hands on his head And I prayed while he turned red And the other kid said, let's get out of here Cause I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. I believe in holiness, and I suggest to you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound believer in the liberated power of Jesus' name. I never testify at school, not me. Say that I'm not cool But then one day I had enough Of that evolution stuff So I stood right up and I said God's word is true My teacher did not know what to do It seemed like he was shaking in his shoes Though he knew I meant no harm He took me by the arm And said son what religion are you? I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, sir. I believe in holiness, and I suggest to you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. On the job, I never say a word. Uh-uh. I figure they all know I go to church. But when my boss man called me in for a tonic and some gin, I began to think perhaps he hasn't heard. So I said, no, sir, I am not the drinking kind. Accepting for a thing they call new wine. Woo! As he lost his cigar smoke. It seemed like he would choke I proceeded to explain it One more time I'm a one God I'm stalled, tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again Heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the spirit, brother I believe in holiness and I suggest you to do the same I was set free out of Pentecostal order on my knees Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed Be a one God, I'm stalled, tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again Heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name Wished he would sing that just a little faster. Hey, Pastor Bob is back with the Tell It Like It Is show. People are texting me tonight. You can do that, 701-290-7862. People listening from all over the country. And uh, certainly my target audience is right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. But glad for everybody that's listening. We're talking about what what should Pastor Bob do? What should he preach to those who are lost on the radio? What should I preach? Well, the, the scripture says in Ezekiel, it's pretty plain, that God loves us so much that he wants me to warn you if you're lost. Uh, he's not willing that any should perish, the scripture says. In fact, in Ezekiel 33, where is where my text is tonight on the radio, verse 11, say unto them, the Lord said, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. So right off the bat, I'll tell you that God wants you to come to him. 
But I'm still haven't told you what God told Ezekiel to preach to those that were lost. And it's found in verse 11. Verse 11 continues. He says, Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die? What needs to be preached to people that are lost is you're lost, turn around. Let me repeat that. You're lost, turn around. This is what is missing in American Christianity. Chicken preachers are afraid to tell people they're wrong. You see, the love of God and the grace of God has so much to do with this. Because if we're lost and we're not going to heaven, don't tell me that you have that you are operating within the love of God if you're not going to tell people how to get right with God. And for them to know that they're not right with God if they're not. Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You see, the wicked has to be told that they need to seek after the Lord now while they've got a chance. While he's near, while he they can feel his convicting power. And then the Bible said the wicked need to forsake his way. I, You know what? I really wanted to preach on the radio tonight what I preached in church about where the Bible talks about the two Adams in the New Testament. I really wanted to preach that, but maybe I'll save it for a different time. But I felt so strongly when I was reading in the book of Ezekiel the other day that what God told Ezekiel to preach to the lost was, you need to turn around. You need to forsake your wicked ways. If you go on in Ezekiel 33, verse 14, it says, Again, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned to him, unto him, and he that hath, hath done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. You see, there there is mercy with God, there's grace with God, but if people aren't warning people that they're lost and they're not telling them that they're sinners, they're not telling them what sin is, how could you even know you're a sinner if you don't even know what sin is? We're living in a world that doesn't even know what sin is. They don't even know what right and wrong up and down is. And if preachers like me and soul winners like many of you aren't talking to people and warning people that if they're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. You're not operating in the love of God. You're not offering the grace of God. Before the only people, the the Bible says emphatically, in at least two places I can think of right off the top of my head, one where the Apostle Paul said, Jesus Christ came to save sinners, whom I am chief. I mean, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. How are you going to even know you're a sinner if you don't know what sin is? How can you apologize to God, which is part of what repentance means, 
if you don't even know what you're sorry for. The sinner has got to know he's a sinner. And they've got to know what sin is so that he can forsake it. That is one of the things that's sadly missing in many churches across our land. In first, in many places in the New Testament, I'm not digging up like Old Testament obscure scriptures that could be just for the Jews or whatever. I'm talking about like New Testament scriptures that I think a lot of your televangelists are just ignoring. Like, for instance, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. It says this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. He said, don't let anybody lie to you. Neither fornicators. Let me just, I'm not going to take the whole program to describe this list. But fornicator means somebody having sex with somebody, uh, a man having sex with something that he's not married to, and a man needs to be married to a woman, and a woman needs to be married to a man. That's biblical. This is not something Pastor Bob has got some kind of vendetta against homosexuality. It's not like that. I didn't just dream this up. This is Bible. If you're going to silence me, you're going to have to get rid of all the Bibles, too, because that's what they say. Fornication is sexual sin. It's sex outside of marriage. That's what it is. And I mean, there's nowadays they've got all kinds of different ways to do that. You see, do people know that? There was a man, a youth leader from another church here in Dickinson, North Dakota, many years ago. And he told me, uh, we had a pretty good-sized youth group at the time, and they had a pretty good-sized youth group, and he told me this. He said, so I suppose, Pastor Bob, you're saying none of your kids do anything wrong at your church because I knew that they were having all kinds of trouble at their church. I said, oh, no, no, our, our, some of our teenagers can get themselves into trouble. I said, but the difference between your church and our church is where, when they're in trouble in our church, they know they're on the wrong side of God. When they're in trouble in your church, they don't know that. I said, well, that was kind of bold. Well, it you would have had to be there, but that that's... See, what I'm trying to tell you is, are the Pentecostal people perfect people? No. But the love of God and the grace of God warns us and teaches us what God's commands are. I, I didn't even get... Boy, I, gotta, I didn't even bring my guitar here. I knew I was. this, would, this is going to be kind of one of those, I'll never get this done, radio shows. He said, Know ye not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. And then Paul went on to explain what he meant by unrighteous. Fornicators, idolaters. Now this idolatry, certainly he was talking about people that use statues in their worship. I mean, most Christians don't do that, I don't think. I know some some of them actually do around here. I mean, they actually use statues in their worship. That's idolatry. But idolatry can mean other things. It can be the worship of sports figures, Hollywood stars, musicians. I mean, there's a lot of ways to be idolatrous. And then it says, nor adulterers. Now, this is a specific type of fornication. That's if you're married and you're stepping out on your spouse. That is unrighteousness. Nor effeminate. This is, this is people that, that specifically men that are dressing and acting like women, cross-dressing and so on. Effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind. This is homosexuality. Okay, this is sex between the, the uh, women with women, men with men. And he, he went on to say, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Now, how can I be practicing the love of God if I don't tell you that that you're on the wrong side of God if you do these things? He goes on to say, thieves, covetous, drunkards. Some of you that, you know, like Pastor Bob's not a guy that hates homosexuals. I, I want to help homosexual people. I do. I, I really want to help them. You know, I if you're a homosexual, don't, don't expect me to be mean to you because I won't be. I'll treat you with great kindness because, you know, you're, I mean, you know, I just want to help you. But some of you that are, that are like that, that, that say terrible things about homosexuals and like mean about it, you know, you know what this says? It says drunkards are not going to heaven either. So you might be sitting on at the bar tonight here in Dickinson thinking you're really something because you're not a homosexual, but if you're a drunkard, you know, you don't have any stones to throw at anybody, nor revilers, nor extortioners. Paul said, none of these people will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on in verse 11, and such were, notice this, such were, he didn't say such are some of you, some of you used to live like this. But you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, I said that to tell you that I honestly believe that the reason Christianity isn't working for people is because their repentance is no good because they don't even know what they're repenting of. You know, saying the sinner's prayer, if you don't know what sin is, doesn't make any sense. Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner, amen. I mean, I know it's fancier than that. I've never really led anybody in the sinner's prayer. I would rather teach people what sin is, tell them that God wants them to apologize and let them make up the words. I I really will. That's what I would rather do. Well, let's see, i got to quit here for a little bit. Let me play part of this song. I, I'm going to talk. I'm talking tonight about what should Pastor Bob preach to sinners, and this is probably the opposite of what you think I should be preaching to sinners. Seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Well, 
ride this train, this train. Oh, yes, anyone can ride this train, but you got to get on in Jesus' name. Anyone can ride this train, this train. Let's ride this train. Hope you want to get on this train tonight. Pastor Bob is back to tell it like it is radio show in its, what, 21st year. Good to have you with us tonight. Coming from KDIX Studios in Dickinson, North Dakota, and also on the Internet through Holy Ghost Radio and other ways. We've got, tonight we've got some people texting me, encouraging me. It's it's fun to have uh, Robin and Rod and Sharon listening from California. It just It's fun because... Kind of neat how we met these people. We we were at a, there was going to be a Bible study on this cruise ship every every morning, and I showed up, and they showed up, some other people showed up, and I assumed somebody else was in charge, and they found out I was a pastor. They pointed their fingers, said, "You're in charge." That was that was fun. That Bible study, I enjoyed that. Now we made some friends out there, and um, glad that they're listening tonight. We've got um, also. Um, Jake and Lydia Yoder listening tonight from Pennsylvania. These are good friends of mine that I pray for every day. I pray for them every single day and their children. And we've got the Burlings listening in Wishick. And good to have them listening. And, you know, in fact, that reminds me, there's a lady in their church that has got cancer really bad. And uh, I also have a friend named Al that's got cancer really bad. He's in Fargo. And if it's okay with you, we're going to pray right now on the radio for them. Lord Jesus, we ask you to touch Janice. Sister Janice, God, touch her. God, we know she needs a miracle. Lord, and we pray, God, if, that you would touch her and heal her of this cancer. And my friend Al in Fargo, God, I just pray that you'll touch him, Lord. I know the doctors say there's no hope for him. But, God, I know that you're a God that hears prayer. And we just pray for both of these in Jesus' name. There's a lot of... Thank you for praying with me. There's a lot of uh, people to pray for, but those two just came to my mind here. We're talking about tonight the the um, you know what what to preach to sinners. Uh, turn around, turn around. That's what we need to re- preach. You know, well, you know. I want to just kind of talk a little bit. I want to just kind of explore this a little bit tonight. Um, you know, why do we come to God? I mean. What, what is the reason? Now I can't speak for other countries, but I I can kind of speak for America. There's a general feeling of, of why why do we come to God? Why why you know people in America? I mean the, it's it's kind of promoted like this. Do you want a better life? That's kind of the way it's promoted. Um, or 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 do you want to stop being an alcoholic or a drug addict? Come to God. Or do you want to quit being addicted to porn? Come to God. Um, do you want a better family? Well, give your life to Jesus. Do you want your children to turn out decent? You know, give your give your heart to the Lord. Do you you know for some of the guys over the years in prison ministry, you know, they hear, do you want to get out get out and stay out of prison? Then you need to come to my church. I mean, this is kind of the way it's promoted, and I'm not I would be lying to you if I never if I told you I've never promoted it like that. Because I have. But really, that's kind of missing the point. You know, some of the men I've preached to over the many years we've done prison ministry were really sincere, but more sincere in the sense of doing what would benefit them the most. 
In other words, like, you know, maybe they had a family. I've got to straighten up so I can be with my family. But isn't it more than that? I mean, some people, I think, come to church possibly or try to stay away from sin because they're more ashamed about what their church family or their family would think of them if they did something wrong. But isn't there more than to this than that? Are we just afraid of getting caught by others? Is that why we don't sin? Or what other people's opinion is of us? Is that? And I mean, positive peer pressure is a good thing. You know, that's why you better not just be going to church online. You know, we're supposed to go to church so we can look each other over once in a while. You know, and if you don't believe that, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I really don't know what to tell you, but but uh, the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. So I go to church, and, and if I'm mistreating my family, maybe a brother in the church might have the courage to tell me. You know, I mean, like, judgment begins at the house of God. You know, we need to get together so we can kind of look each other over. And if, like I said, if you don't like that, I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to say. You've got a bad attitude, but, I mean, I'd rather find out now I'm wrong than to wait until Judgment Day to find out I was wrong. Tell you that. Judge me now. <laughs> I mean, judge me now. I mean, don't do it in front of everybody. Don't embarrass me. But, I mean, if I'm wrong, I need to know I'm wrong. I really do. So why do we come to God? See, I think this is where, you know, I think, you know, and I've got a little time, and I'm going to take it, but um, is is it possible that we've kind of taken God out of the equation? Perhaps we should be more concerned about pleasing or displeasing God, whether we are fulfilled and happy. <laughs> Maybe we should be more concerned about knowing Him and seeking His forgiveness than getting off of drugs or or being healthy, you know, wealthy and wise, or whatever Benjamin Franklin said. You know, um, I've had people over the years, my wife and I have had a lot of people live with us, and I... I've had people that, you know, I've had drug addict people live with us. I, I'm not necessarily re- recommending that, but, but I, I've, I, I talked to a young man that was a bad meth user, and, and luckily for us, he wasn't really using it when he was at our house, but he would go home for the weekends and he'd come back on Mondays and he was, I mean, he was out of it. And I, I told him one day, I said, I said, I think you want God to help you quit taking meth. But you're not interested in serving God. And he agreed with me. Like, he didn't want to do all those other rules God had. He just didn't like meth anymore. But perhaps preachers and witnesses and Bible study teachers should be promoting the kingdom of God, something like this. Do you want to be forgiven of your sins by God? Or is your life pleasing to God? Or how about this one? Do you want to be on the right side of God? See, here's the real deal. Here's the real deal. We've got a sinful mankind, and we've got a God who's angry. He's he's angry about sin. But he's willing to forgive it if we come to him on his terms. That's kind of the way this really is. I mean, this is not the way it's really being promoted, and I'm intentionally not naming some of the people. I don't listen to a lot of televangelists. I kind of read, once in a while, read something about them and some of the things, I think some of the outlandish things they say. 
I mean, I because I think they're missing the point a lot of times. But we've got a sinful mankind and a God who's angry, but he's willing to forgive them if they would come to him on his terms. Now, does that suit your fancy? Where did that saying come from? What's your fancy, anyway? I don't even know. I mean, does it matter if that fits into your theology or not? You know, when when uh, when men and women come to God with godly sorrow, that's when the changing begins. When they come to God just to solve a problem in their life, really, they've missed the point, and I don't think they're going to change, and I don't even know if their problem's going to go away. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? I... I, to me, this is profound, but maybe maybe you're missing the point, or maybe it's so simple to you that like you don't even see why I'm talking about it. I think people come to God to solve their problems. But what they don't realize is they've got a big problem going on. Like Ezekiel said, these wicked people don't even know they're going to die. They don't even know it. And Ezekiel, I'm telling you to tell them. You need to tell them they're heading for destruction, and and it's because of their sinful, wicked ways. And of course, even just forgetting God will get you to hell. A friend of mine just texted me that scripture in Psalm this week, Brother Doug. Talks about the wicked are going to be turned into hell and all those that forget God. That's kind of weird. I mean, like, you think, well, I'm not a bad sinner, but did you forget God? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation, or lifestyle in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. You see, 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. See, this doesn't fit into your theology, I don't think. Some, I know some of you it does. But many people are like, what? The terror of the Lord? Are you afraid of God, Pastor Bob? <laughs> well, if I'm on the wrong side of God, I sure would be. And I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, if you want to take the concept of the fear of God out of the Bible, I mean, it is so politically incorrect to say the fear of God anymore. People say, well, actually, in, in the Greek and Hebrew, Pastor Bob, it means respecting God. Yeah, that's why all the Bible translators put fear, right? They didn't understand Greek and Hebrew. Certainly, there's certainly respect as part of that. But I'm telling you, um, the fear of God has saved my bacon many times. <laughs> I don't know how to say it right. You know, I should write these sermons out instead of just shooting from the hip. But, but you know, no, I mean, like, the fear of God is the grace of God. I don't want to go to hell. God doesn't want me to go to hell. Could I go to hell? Sure I could. Could I backslide? Sure. I didn't even read you the rest of Ezekiel 33. I'm talking about what you tell the sinner. But in Ezekiel 33, it says, if the good man turns his back on God, his goodness won't be remembered. I didn't even get to that. 
You see, we are doing a disservice to people because we will not tell them if they're on the wrong side of God or not. See, for some reason, it doesn't enter the mind of many people that they could be on the wrong side of God or that God could possibly possibly be angry with them. Like, what? God be angry with me? Yes, he can be angry with you. Yes, no, absolutely, he can. God can. But it doesn't enter into the mind of people. I always say, if you're going to die, die in Dickinson. Move here and die. Because in Dickinson, everybody that dies, every funeral you go to, they put you in heaven. I don't know how it is in California, but that's the way they do it in Dickinson. You may have never went to church in your life. I went to a funeral one time. The guy never went to church. They had a pastor, you know, that it was his luck of the draw. This wasn't in Dickinson, but his past, the luck of the draw, he, he, he volunteered to do the funeral. He tried to ask the family as much as he could about this particular man's faith. And he's, this is how he started the sermon. He said, Mr. So-and-so had a very private faith. <laughs> now, in other words, it was so private, nobody even knew about it. Yeah, and at the funeral, it's certainly tacky to try to put people into hell, too. But I'm just telling you that this idea that we don't have to turn around to get right with God, that's not biblical. You've got to turn around. You've got, I mean, that's what the word repentance means. It's a Greek military term. Repent means to turn around, about face, start walking the other direction. You're walking towards sin, turn around, start walking towards God. That's what repentance means. You know, a piece of English literature, my mom, is my mom listening tonight? I think she is. She's My mom was an English teacher for 39 years. My mom is just a great lady. Uh, my kids sometimes called her grammar instead of grandma. <laughs> um, you know, they would sometimes say the word ain't around her just so that see if they could get her blood pressure to go up a little bit. But my mom might remember this, but there was a famous sermon, and it, it made it into English literature, and the sermon was called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And this sermon, the preacher's name was Edwards, this sermon changed the whole nation, the nation of England. This one sermon impacted an entire nation. Back then they read the sermon, so he got up and he read the sermon. He read it in one particular church the first time he read it, and and this was a quiet, reserved type of church, but before he got done reading it, people were screaming, running to the front of the church, crying out for God's mercy in their life. And he went around reading this sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. I don't know how many times you read it, but it impacted a whole nation. And the gist of the sermon was this. I'm not, you know, I, you can go look it up online and read it if you want to, but the gist of the sermon was that sin separates us from God. Unrepented sin separates us from God. And this Pastor Edwards said that right now there are people in hell because of sin. They are hopeless, they are helpless, and they'll never be able to get out of hell because of sin. 
right now, he said. And then he said, and some of you here are also living in sin right now. And he said, the only difference between you and the people that are in hell is this thing called life. And then he began to preach how fragile life was. Just like a thread that could break at any moment. And he got people to thinking that I better turn around. I remember emailing a minister one time. I read an article by him, and I emailed him kind of this topic that I'm talking about tonight, and he told me that kind of preaching won't work in America, he said. He said, you've got to talk about the benefits people can receive from God. You you need to zero in on God's love and God's mercy and, and, and what he, he can do for them. He said, that sermon might have worked in the 1700s, but it certainly wouldn't work now. Well, I disagree with him 100%, because it might seem like it's not working. But if you don't teach people that they're lost, they'll never be saved. If you don't teach people that the bridge is out up ahead, they're going to drown. One of the worst things that could happen to anybody is to be lost and not know they're lost. You know, being out in the woods and thinking you're going the right direction, and you're not. I mean, if you're lost, somebody ought to have the decency to tell you how to get straightened out. You know, in in Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. This is the first sermon of the very first day of of the Christian church. The day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, this is the Christian church. This is its first day. Peter is preaching, guess what he's preaching about? He's preaching about how Jesus died for their sins. Sounds like a pretty good thing to preach about. And while he's preaching, the crowd is getting uncomfortable. And they cry out to Peter in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. They were, their, their conscience was bothering them, and they said, Men and brothers, what shall we do? Peter wasn't telling them about, hey, you know, you could quit being an alcoholic or put your family together. He was saying, no, you have crucified the Lord of glory. You put him on the cross. And I can preach that today because we did with our sins. They cried out in verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He goes on to say, For the promise is to you and to your children and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You see, this this warning, preaching people lost, where they cry out and say, What do we need to do to get this right? That's that's what preachers need to tell the lost. That's what God told Ezekiel to say. He said, you need to tell the wicked people to turn from their wicked ways. You you need to tell them, and he even gave them specifics. You need to even make some, um, you know, there's got to be some um, actions to your repentance. 
You know, I baptism is such an important part of salvation. Ba- baptism is always in the Bible administered in the name of Jesus. In 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 uh, accordance to Matthew twenty eight nineteen, where Jesus said baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Well, that's why in the book of Acts they all baptized in the name of Jesus. Many of you that are listening to me, your church is baptized just saying they just say Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They don't even say the name of Jesus because they misunderstand that. But even as important as baptism is, I don't baptize everybody that comes to me that wants to be baptized. And you say, well, why wouldn't you? Because if you've not repented, if you've not turned your life around, what good is baptism going to do you? That's why infants aren't baptized. That's why little children aren't baptized in the Bible. You've got to turn your life around to be baptized. You know, I, I hope I'm getting somewhere here today, but but we need to we need to understand that there is a uh, this is not about oh if I become a Christian maybe I can get my house paid off or maybe um, maybe my troubled marriage can finally get you know I'm going to go to Pastor Bob's church so my marriage can get fixed. Well, that's certainly one of the side benefits of living for God. You know, he he can give us victory in this life. I'm not saying that that but that's not really the point. I mean, the point is getting right with God. That's the point. Turning away from wickedness, turning to God and serving God. That's the point. All these other things will be added to you. I think there should be a verse in the Bible like that somewhere. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. Matthew 6.33. Revelation 20 and verse 12 said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I don't know about you, but I want to avoid that. And I want everybody I know to avoid that, being cast into the lake of fire. You see, this message tonight is not politically correct. I know that. The way our country's going, I don't know how long I can preach like this on the radio. I don't know. I really don't know. When people used to tell me that years ago, I thought they were crazy. Now I realize they weren't crazy. You know, it's not politically correct to say something's a sin, even though the Bible clearly says it is. It's not politically correct. But I'm going to tell you this. I wouldn't be much of a preacher if I wouldn't tell you that you were wrong when you're wrong. And I wouldn't be much of a preacher if I wouldn't tell you how to get right if you were wrong. And there is no love of God if you if you won't. If you just accept people in their sins and never warn them, you do not have the love of God operating in your ministry, period. If the cliff is up ahead and you don't warn people that are rushing headlong towards it, well, who am, who am I to say, you know, that, you know, maybe, may, may, you know, maybe, you know, I mean, like, I'm a sinner too. I, 
Who am I to who am I to tell them about the cliff? No, God saved you from the cliff. You need to tell them about the cliff. Sin is a cliff. It's a cliff in this life, and it's a cliff in eternity. Wow, I'm worked up. Oh, I got to quit. You know, uh, you want to get a hold of us during the week. Our our next service in this area, Beach, North Dakota, Tuesday night, seven thirty, the Beach Community Server Center. Wednesday night, 501 Elks Drive, beautiful church right on Interstate 94. You cannot miss it. I mean, it's right there. Church starts at 7.30. We have prayer at 7 if you want to come to pray before church. Uh, this particular, uh, there's a, a young man named Ben Simons going to be speaking. He was um, he did this radio show a while back. He'll be speaking Wednesday night. Then on Thursday night in Bowman at 18 North Main, that's at 7.30. Friday morning, there's a men's Bible study, 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. at the 501 Elks Drive. There's breakfast there, coffee there. And Easter Sunday, and I want to tell you this, we're not having our Sunday school, 10 o'clock Sunday school. It's just our 11 o'clock service, Easter Sunday. And then there's a, a potluck dinner afterwards for all of those who do not have any place to go for Easter. Now, I, I, I'm telling you, we want you to come. But if the whole city comes, we won't have enough food. So if you're going to come, bring food. You know, bring bring some food. Bring some edible food. Don't bring something you know that's gross. Bring don't bring any liver. I don't like liver. But that's next Sunday at eleven o'clock, and then afterwards there's going to be a special Easter dinner, right at the church. And then, Lord willing, next Sunday night another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast. Thankful for all those that have listened tonight. I pray, God, that you'll help us to, especially those that are on the wrong side of you tonight, to realize that everything I've said tonight, I've tried to say it to let them know that I love them, that you love them. But if they continue down this road they're going, they're going to be lost. And I ask you, Lord, to put a fear of God in them. God, put conviction in their heart. Lord, take sleep away from their eyes. They're not living for you the way they're supposed to be. God, maybe they've just learned tonight that some of the things they're doing are sin. Maybe they didn't even know it. God, I just pray for our listening audience tonight that you would help them. And help us to have courage, Lord, to preach the truth and love to people that are lost. We just pray in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. I may, uh, I'll play this last Lance Appleton song. I hope you're not sick of Lance Appleton. I found a couple old Lance Appleton um deals here, and I played them last week. I want to play it again this week. Lord willing, next Sunday night, 8.06 Mountain Time, I'll be back on the air with another Tell It Like It Is radio show. God bless you.
wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.